0: Money Talk is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex to be considered before becoming a client of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Securities are offered through HBEC Incorporated, member FINRA, and SIPC. Annex Wealth Management and HBEC are unaffiliated. This program may contain forward-looking statements which may not come true. Please consult with an advisor about your specific situation. Taking the mystery out of investing with answers to your financial questions. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald from Annex Wealth Management
1: on WTMJ. Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust. This is Money Talk. It is Saturday, March 30th. Can you guys believe March is hanging on? Hello, Mark Oswald. Good morning. Derek Felsky, good morning. Good morning, Danny.
2: Dave Spano, good morning. Good morning. As we talked about, uh, the weather came in like a lion and out like a lamb, so uh, we're glad to see the end of March upon us. Yeah. Let's get to
1: that Week in Review. What have you seen?
2: Well, we just had our best quarter since 2009, which was fantastic quarter in Q1, but of course it followed a Q4. That was one of the worst that we've had in a long time. And Derek, that's generally what we see when we see probably an overreaction
3: in the fourth quarter trying to make up lost ground. Yeah, it just, it just shows how hard it is to, to time, this, time the markets, particularly equity markets. When you have, you know, there's always uncertainty. There was uncertainty at the beginning of the, of the quarter about the Fed, about global growth and the like, about whether inflation was starting to perk up, Mark. And, and by the end of the quarter, all those concerns had been eviscerated. In fact, it's been a complete about-face with Larry Kudlow uh, yesterday talking about asking the Fed to cut cut rates twice, which is something no one would have believed just a few months ago. Well, it really
4: is fantastic when you think about the growth of the S&P 500 this year alone, up 12%. And you think about all the things that drive the markets, and you're talking about the trade policy with China and the Fed, and inflation are, are points that you brought up. Those things haven't gone away, but they've kind of got put to the back burner a little bit. And the fundamentals come back to play.
2: Yeah, if you look at the end of the fourth quarter where we were and all of the things that we were concerned about, of course, the government was shut down. The Fed was talking about raising rates and and not being data dependent. And of course, the uh, China-U.S. trade policy, a lot of those things, as, as you said, have been at least... Mitigated to some extent, Derek. You know, when we talk about what we're seeing, though, for earnings, a big conversation we were having last year was the great earnings that we saw. In fact, some twenty-three percent for the year. And then we talked about what's called earnings recession, and we saw this earnings recession that is now down three percent.
3: Yeah, we are. I mean, it's. I mean, I, I've always believed that the companies tend to uh, underpromise and overdeliver. So when I see a three percent estimate for Q1, I'm going to basically assume that the earnings will come in relatively flat. But clearly, market participants, you don't run the S&P up 12% in the first three months of the year if you're not looking for some sort of economic rebound in the second half, Mark. So getting back to the Fed, so you know, we start to look at the dot plot, the raises that we
4: expected for 2019 based on what we were hearing from the Fed chairman, and that's kind of gone away for sure. And if indeed we see rates stay where they are at, or even if they decrease a little bit, that could be really good for investors for the balance of the year.
2: You know, Derek, that was shocking to see, to me, that Larry Kudlow was talking about a rate cut. Now, of course, that is an absolute about face.
3: Well, and the other thing is uh, Trump, it nominated Stephen Moore to serve as a, on the Fed Board of Governors, and Stephen Moore has always been about growth, not really much about uh, the Fed meddling more rule-based monetary policy and the like. Uh, so he's more of a pro-growth type person. So that would be just one more growth-oriented member of, of the FOMC. And I guess, you know, the way I look at the Fed now is they always are data-dependent. I don't know what the market was thinking uh, in December of last year. With this kind of advance, I just saw that, you know, record inflows into high-yield bonds, record inflows into corporate bonds for the quarter. And lately, there's been this pattern, you know, hard up one month, hard down the next month. So again, you know, as we go through the days, you know, while people were watching the baseball game, you know, a couple of days ago, we were in here rebalancing portfolios a little bit at the margin. And, uh, you know, taking advantage of market volatility where it presented itself.
2: And we're going to get deeper into that. But the other big news of the week was the IPO in Lyft. And it came out even hotter than what people had expected.
3: Yeah, it was priced at $72, which gave Lyft a A market valuation of roughly 20 billion. Uh, Now, the company did about 2 billion in revenues last year, lost almost a billion dollars. So as Warren Buffett said the other day, you could make a series of dumb bets and still win, but he'd prefer to buy a company that actually is making money and and with a valuation of 20. The deal traded okay. It traded up 23% on the first print, finished up 9%, closed at the lows of the day. But I would caution investors that many times these, these IPOs come in, they're not trading much stock. Uh, ultimately, there will be lockups where more stock becomes available. So don't think that just because it's priced and valued at 20 some odd billion dollars, that it truly is worth that, because as more supply enters the marketplace, typically that puts downward pressure on price. And Mark, and this is not the only IPO that we're going to see this year. There's going to be a lot of them, and, and I think the caution that Dare
4: points out is good because of the fact that most people are not going to get IPO shares. You want to make sure that you're getting sound investments into your portfolio. Most of the times those are not going to be IPO shares that you're going to want to build your portfolio on.
3: Yeah, so by comparison, we think back on companies that have been successful. Think about Amazon. When Amazon came public, uh, the stock traded 40% below its initial offering price uh, shortly after it debuted. Then it rallied 660% and then declined 94%. So these companies that do not earn money tend to be very volatile. They're not really types of uh, stocks that we would like to see in a, a conservative investor's account particularly. And, and there's really no way to value companies when they're losing money.
1: Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer, along with Mark Oswald and Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. This is Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management. Our website is AnnexWealth.com. When you go there, if you look in the upper right corner, you'll see an Events tab, and that's where we list everything that uh, we've got coming up, and we do a lot of education series. The next one, which is coming up for you downtowners, or at least if you work downtown, is Wednesday, and it's called Destination Retirement. Are We There Yet? This is a pre-retirement workshop. Uh, there's no obligation. It's a quick presentation. It's about an hour, uh, gets in depth. It's very, very good. If you are beginning to think about retirement, this is a great thing and it's led by our fantastic team. Again, it happens Wednesday at our Pfister location. Again, that's Wednesday starts about six o'clock and goes till you know, seven, seven fifteen. There's always discussion afterwards as people hang out. It's a good thing. So you can uh, go to our website, click that events tab and look at destination retirement. Are we there yet? Which happens Wednesday at the Pfister with Annex Wealth Management. Money tips
0: that don't cost a thing. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ.
1: Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust. This is Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management, website, AnnexWealth.com. Get that free portfolio analysis. Also, check out that free annuity analysis. If you've got one and not quite sure what it does, we can take care of that. Uh, locations, Elm Grove, Mequon, Lake Country, Appleton, downtown at the Fister, and... Everywhere. I'm Danny Clayton, Mark Oswald is here, Derek Felsky, and Dave Spano.
2: You know, one of the indicators that we have often talked about for years on this show is what's called an inverted yield curve. And, and we'll get into that in just a second. But it has been an indicator of a recession down the road, you know, sometimes as, as little as six months, but, you know, normally 18 months out. So first of all, let's explain what an inverted yield curve is.
4: First, let's talk about what a normal yield curve looks like. So when we start talking about inverted yield curves, think about a picture of an access. Access is being rates on one axis and time on the other. So the longer you wait for that bond to mature, the more you want to get paid. So a 30-year bond pays more than a 10-year bond, for instance, in interest rates, in a normal yield curve. What happens, though, Derek, in an inverted yield curve is that the shorter-term bonds have a higher rate than the longer-term bonds, and that becomes a problem. It becomes a sign that people are putting money into safe investments and driving that yield on the long-term bond down.
3: Typically, the the short end of the yield curve is basically determined by the Federal Reserve and their and their belief on the future path of growth and inflation going forward. And what you know, many people fear when you're talking about recessionary risks, the Fed policy error where they basically tighten short-term rates too much to the degree at which the bond market starts to anticipate a slowdown because of those very uh, policies. So when people say a yield curve causes something, it's really Fed policy that in generates the conditions that allow that to occur. Now, one of the things that we talked about last week was a 460-point down day on Friday that was driven by headlines of an inverted yield curve. And that, of course, caused many people who ready, fire, aim to just sell willy-nilly because they thought that was a negative thing. But the reality is that in this global environment, And interest rates overseas are also very low. And that is keeping rates on the longer end of our yield curve abnormally low. For example, there are three countries currently where the 10-year yield is negative, Switzerland, Germany, and Japan. Now, if you think about it, if you're a German investor and you're getting zero return, for ten years, why in God's name would you would you borrow? Would you use that paper? You'd certainly hedge it out and perhaps buy U.S. Treasuries, which sur- depresses our yields relative to short-term rates. So, is the knee-jerk reaction then the, that
4: drove the markets down last Friday? Is it that there's a recession coming? I mean, and it, that's kind of where you go with, with the headlines. If you're CNBC or some publication out there, you say inverted yield curve equals recession in the economy. But Dave, to your point, it might be a signpost that there may be a recession coming, but the timing of that, that's the unknown. The great unknown is, is it two years from now, or could it even be longer than that? Or is there some external pressure on rates right now, whether it be foreign currencies or foreign rates, that's
3: abnormally driving that rate down, that we're really not in a traditional inverted yield curve? Mark, I think the fundamental misunderstanding with all of this last week and certainly early in this week was that since 1969, every single recession was preceded by a yield curve inversion. But not all inversions led to a recession. And, you know, when people try to simplify things and, and look at one factor but ignoring all the rest, for example, ignoring the strong labor market, ignoring wage growth is now at a, th- a nice healthy 3.4% that unemployment is really low, people overreact. And as a result, what you get is the, are these air pockets, which, again, provide us opportunities to take advantage of it tactically, but also really kind of concern investors. So, for example, Dalbar, a service that did a study of of investor performance in 2018. What they found is the average investor lost 9% in the S&P 500 last year in a year when the S&P 500 is only down 4.8, which basically says that investors chase performance, they react emotionally, they make poor decisions, they would have been much better off just standing pat and maintaining a balanced portfolio and taking advantage of asset class shifts, not going willy-nilly into and out of the market.
4: So the takeaway for me then is when the market is doing well as it has done in the first quarter of this year and you're maybe getting out of balance again because the equities are running up and the bonds are maybe holding their own a little bit more now would be a good time for that portfolio review if you haven't had it done for a while if you haven't measured your risk if you don't like the roller coaster ride that we've been on for the last 4 or 5 months in in the markets now would be a good time to get that portfolio review done we do it for free we believe in it so if you're interested in doing that please give us a call and we'll help you out. Thank you, Mark Oswald, uh,
1: Annex Wealth Management 1023. I'm Danny Clayton. If you are wondering, what exactly does that free portfolio review mean? I mean, is it like the window estimate and the guy is going to be in your kitchen and he's never going to leave? That's not how it operates. In about 20 minutes, one of the members of our planning team is going to explain exactly what it is on the other side of the free portfolio review. So after we get your stuff and we look through it, what is it that you learn about your portfolio? When you go to AnnexWealth.com, and click that Get Started button. It's a very simple process. We'll ask for your first and last name, your contact information, what your investment range might be, if you'd like that annuity review, where you'd like to visit with us, and then what led you to the page. And that's as simple as saying WTMJ Radio. So very simple. And then you just tell us a little bit about yourself. It's easy, simple stuff. Get started at annexwealth.com.
0: From simple investments to stock advice, back to Money
1: Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. Know the difference. It's team, tech, trust. We had a question last week from a listener asking how much somebody needs to become a client of Annex, and it's one that we often get. Here's Mark Oswald's answer.
4: When you're a wealth management firm, there's some people who think, well, I'm not wealthy, so therefore this is not for me. That's not the case because we have decided long ago that financial planning and wealth management is for everybody. So we even started this program called Annex Ignite. And the Ignite was the idea of getting started, get something started, start the fire, right? So Annex Ignite is for people that are just starting out that want to have a relationship but don't need all of the estate planning per se. Maybe don't need all the tax planning of a business owner or whatever might be. So Annex Ignite is a way to start the process of financial planning.
1: Brandon Arps is part of the Ignite team as wealth manager he has day-to-day contact with our clients using Annex Ignite. Brandon, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Danny. Glad to be here. So we get a lot of feedback from people who are really happy to hear about Annex Ignite. Brandon, when you describe Annex Ignite, how do you do it?
5: Well, Annex Ignite to me is is a way for folks to to engage with us, to to talk about financial planning, to talk about their financial future and I guess to put things into perspective where they are right now, where they could be in the future and uh, what steps they need to take along the way. Paint the picture for us. Where's an Annex Ignite client in their life cycle? We're finding that the average Annex Ignite client tends to be in the late 20s to early 40s, something professional, you know, maybe had a few jobs over the years, maybe a f- small family, you know, working towards paying off some of that burdensome uh, student debt, they're kind of in a spot financially right now that uh, they're not exactly familiar with, maybe at the point where they have the ability to save a little bit more. And they really are looking to get their financial house in order.
1: It's kind of adulting, right? I mean, you're you're right there yourself. You you add responsibilities and it's time to get a solid financial planning partner.
5: Exactly. Yeah. So typically, you know, they, they've never had a financial plan. You know, maybe they relied on advice from the internet or your know, mom and dad. Um, and they're at, the, at a point, you know, where, where they're able to save, but they don't exactly know how to take the right steps or the next steps or if the decisions that they make on their own are are really the right decisions. So they're kind of floating out there with no no professional guidance or uh, maybe having questions on what they should do.
1: Brandon Arps is part of the Ignite team. So you're in your mid thirties. Your peer group, how cognizant are they of the need for financial planning?
5: You know that that's a good question. Uh, I was actually just talking to some friends last weekend about financial planning. They're you know the same mid, middle thirties as I am, but although they know they want it, they tend to shy away because their lives are, are too busy. They, they know that financial planning is an important piece to their financial future. However. They just don't um, have the time to really engage.
1: Okay, not to blow the plot, but it's just going to get busier. I mean, it's just something that people need to choose to do.
5: Exactly. That's the hardest thing to do is is get started. Um, you know, we, we have these conversations with individuals on a daily basis that, you know, they they finally took the step, they took the dive to engage with somebody. And then once we get through uh, an initial meeting and we, we look at their framework to the financial plan, it's almost like a, a breath of fresh air comes through and they, they realize, hey, I, I should have done this a long Long time ago.
1: So our statement is, financial planning and wealth management is for everybody. And that's what Annex Ignite is all about. So, and we love do-it-yourselfers, lots of respect, but what's the key difference that Annex Ignite would bring to a do-it-yourselfer?
5: Yeah, I think the opportunity to partner with the Annex team of subject matter experts means a lot in these relationships. You know, the financial planning team, they work collaboratively with the relationship manager like myself and the client to deliver a plan that helps maximize each dollar earned and saved. We have the luxury of of using man and the tax planning team's phenomenal knowledge. And our investment team consistently monitors our clients' accounts and allocations to ensure that they continue to align with goals and their established financial plan.
1: One of the differences with Annex Wealth Management is our tech. It's fantastic. And that includes Annex Everywhere, the secure screen sharing platform. So do you, working with Annex at Night clients, meet more in person or are you using Annex Everywhere? Our clients
5: are busy, so we meet them on their terms um, using Annex Everywhere. These days, it's hard to leave the office, or, or the kids for an hour or two just to run a few errands, let alone discuss your finances. Okay, so people are busy, calendars are full, but our scheduling process is pretty easy. Super easy, Danny. Go to AnnexWealth.com, click that Get Started button, choose Annex Ignite as your branch, and uh, go ahead and fill out your information. We'll be in contact with you. In fact, if you are really busy, there's an opportunity to just schedule a phone call right on right on the website with us, and uh, and we'll reach out to you at a time that's convenient for you. Financial Planning and
1: Wealth Management <laughs> is for everybody. That's what Annex Ignite is all about. Brandon Arps, Wealth Manager, is part of the Annex Ignite team. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Danny. Get
0: professional help with your portfolio. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark
1: Oswald on WTMJ. It's Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management. It is Saturday, March 30th. Welcome back, everybody. It's Team Tech Trust. Ask Annex is a feature that we like. If you got a question, just head to AnnexWealth.com and click that Ask button. And by the way, not everyone winds up on the airs. These are folks that have said, sure, yeah, it's fine if you use it on the air. Our first one comes from Benjamin. In a 60-40 portfolio, how many different instruments make up the fixed income 40%?
2: So the 60-40, obviously you can have any mixture of equities and debt uh, in that portfolio. 60-40 seems to be a common number that we see a lot. Obviously 60% equities and 40% bonds in that portfolio. And there's a lot of ways to look at that question. In fact, the question of how many different instruments make that up. Well, Derek, for the most part, we've decided that we're going to use institutional managers in that space. And so explain to everybody how that's construction.
3: Yeah, so basically our, our fixed income allocations go through a variety of different fixed income asset classes. All bonds are not monolithic. so So we'll use like a multi-sector bond fund with a manager who's done a fabulous job over time. We'll have some exposure to mortgage-backed securities, perhaps bank loans, although we've recently eliminated that t- to a large degree from our portfolios. Uh, we could have convertible stocks in there, preferred stocks in there that pay a nice dividend. Uh, we could also have short-term or ultra-short-term bond funds, which we've actually done recently. We added to that exposure as well to dampen portfolio volatility and take advantage of the recent run-up. So, you know, like everything at Annex, it's customized for our clients, and, we- and we've done a lot of work in terms of looking at the correlations between these varied ass- various assets classes, and the and the goal is just to generate consistent risk-adjusted returns. When you think about it, Derek, though, can
4: you be over-diversified? I mean, can you have too many instruments in a portfolio? Does it make a sense at some point in time to add a hundredth stock or a 50th bond to your portfolio,
3: or, or is it more about getting quality in that portfolio? Well, I think it's quality, but, Mark, as you know, many 401 k plans, when we look at them, their, their fixed income options are usually very limited, and they they allow for some, some derivation away from the Ag Bond Index, but... For the most part, people don't have the ability to directly invest in high-yield bonds or ultra-short-term bonds and bank loans and the like. So I think our fixed income... Uh, portfolios are fairly uh, creatively thought out, and, and they've delivered good results. Okay, rapid fire. Next one. All right. It's from
1: Bill. With major automakers moving toward electric vehicles, is that good or bad news for Tesla?
2: Well, I'll tell you, you know, we, we've often talked about Elon Musk on this show, and you think about it in this manner. Mercedes, Volkswagen, BMW, and the like are all coming out with an electric car, and in that, Derek, their infrastructure is already built.
3: Yeah, and they've got the dealerships. They've got, you know, any any number of incentives. to price these cars at a loss. For example, I read an article about Volkswagen where basically when when they issue their electric car, they're going to price it below cost because they basically want to get their overall fleet to a miles per gallon limit that that meets federal guidelines. So, you know, Tesla's had a head start and you'd kind of wonder now with all the debt they've piled on, how that's gonna play out. And of course, as long
2: as Elon Musk is making headlines, it's sure putting some doubt in that stock as well.
3: Next one comes
1: from
4: Nelson. Are dividend stocks worth pursuing? Well, for sure. When you start thinking about stock investing, a lot of people sometimes, David, we talk about the return of the market and they'll say, you know the market started the year at 2800 and it's at 2850 and then they do the math point to point calculation they forget about the importance of dividends and i think when you start looking at total return you're looking not only at the price increase or price decrease, but also those dividends. And sometimes those dividends can mitigate some of the fluctuations in the stock prices on a day-by-day basis because you're getting a return on that investment through the dividends.
2: That is true. And over time, 50% of the S&P returns has come from dividends. So there's no question that dividend investing makes sense. And you think about where we are today. The world is awash in money right now. There's over $12 trillion more than there was 10 years ago. And that money is looking for somewhere to go. And so you withdraw withdrawing interest rates around the world as we talked about earlier in the show it is going to go to blue chip US companies I think Derek we're going to continue to see that.
3: Yeah I, I, f- I feel the same way I mean one of the key indicators that we look at in trying to find dividend paying stocks is free cash flow yield so that's basically the cash that a company has left over after they funded all of their employees their their capex and the like and that really is a good measure of how capable a company is of not only paying a dividend but also increasing it over time and ultimately its yield on cost it ultimately matters so for example Apple which didn't pay a dividend six years ago, is one of our largest holdings at equity income and pays north of 3%. Let's
1: ask Annex on uh, Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management, WTMJ. Derek Felsky, thank you very much for that. It is 1040. If you have got a question for us, you can go to our website at AnnexWealth.com. Just click that Ask Annex button. If you're looking for that free portfolio analysis, you can do that when you hit the Get Started. What exactly does that mean? I mean, everybody's got a free something. Uh, Ours is quite extensive. It's the Free Portfolio Review. What exactly is that? We'll cover that next on Money Talk on WTMJ.
0: Time is money. Make the most of yours with Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on
1: WTMJ. Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust with Annex Wealth Management. Team means the in-house experts who work with every single client, tech means rock-solid, safe, and secure systems that are easy to use. Trust comes from Annex operating in the client's best interest as a fiduciary. Randy Winkler is manager financial planning at Annex Wealth Management. He's also a CFP. He and his team are central in what we refer to as the free portfolio analysis. Randy, welcome back. Thanks, Danny. So we are surrounded by marketing messages. You hear them all the time, right? Free estimates, and that's roofs to windows, auto body repair, vacation places. We're kind of numb to it, right? Mm-hmm. So when when we say free portfolio analysis, we don't want that to get lost in the marketing noise. Let's talk about that, Randy. What are the first steps to
6: get that free portfolio analysis? Well, the first thing is to gather up the information. Uh, what we typically see from people is what we call financial fragmentation. You bought a stock that your brother-in-law recommended, you inherited an annuity from your uncle, you got that 401k from the company you worked at 10 years ago. A lot of people have no idea what they all have and how it works together. A little bit of homework for the person that comes in is to gather up their statements and everything. Oh, then we assemble it. take look at it. And at a very high level, we bring it back to them and tell them what it is and what it does. So once you and the team have that, what is the process? Well, we take a look at every single one of the accounts and we do an analysis of it, both individually and as a whole. So we can take a look at it and say, okay, here's an IRA that has these investments in it. Are they good? Are they bad? And there's a number of different things that we see. And then we can come back to the individual and say, this is what we see. This is what we recommend that you do.
1: That's where the rubber meets the road. And we're talking about the Annex Wealth Band free portfolio analysis. So
6: what kinds of things pop up to you guys on the team? One thing that we see very commonly is an over-concentration in one type of investment. Maybe they've got 50% of their IRA in a stock that they bought one time. Might have done very well, maybe maybe not. We saw somebody recently that had a lot of money in REITs, so real estate investment trusts. Could be good, could be bad, but if there's an over-concentration, we get worried about what happens if something happens to that individual investment. It can have a very detrimental effect on your overall portfolio. We'll see where somebody has too much cash when we take a look at it and say, hey, you know, 50% of what you have is just sitting in cash not working for you. Uh, Now, that may be completely appropriate if they've got a short-term goal and they need to keep that money liquid. But to figure out a snapshot of where you're at helps us to get them where they want to go. If you've heard us talk
1: about the free portfolio analysis from Annex Wealth Management, we're talking about what it is you see on
6: the other side of it. How about portfolios with, like, multiple annuities? How common is that? That isn't... Is it real common, but we see it enough that it becomes a concern. Um, Now, annuities are an insurance product, and it's an investment. For certain people, they are completely appropriate. For a lot of other people, they're not. And when we see multiple ones, usually it means that they were working with an annuity salesman who's been selling product rather than providing advice. Yeah. So we can determine are any of these good? Are they bad? Are they appropriate? Uh, do we want to change them around? Does a lack of diversification jump out? Oh yeah, we see that all the time and it used to be a very difficult thing to talk to people about pre-Enron. You know, if somebody works for a company and they've got a lot invested in that company, whether it's, you know, Walgreens or it's Harley-Davidson or GE, a lot of times you've got some loyalty and you want to be involved in what you know. Since Enron, we've been able to bring them up as an example those people had no diversification had a lot of money in their company they not only lost their jobs they lost their nest egg so it's a negative example but it's helped a lot of people out when we can say hey i know you work there i know you really like this company but we need to have a plan to get some more diversification so you're not at so much risk. What about risk or the appetite for risk? Where does that come in? That's a really big one. We see that. We analyze each individual investment and give it a risk score, and we also give a risk test, but it's not a test you can fail, to people to see where they're comfortable with it. Quite often where we see somebody's comfortable with moderate risk, and the portfolio that they're in is in high risk. So they're taking more risk than they're comfortable with, and a lot of times aren't even aware of it. We'll also see the reverse. They're comfortable with moderate risk, and they're in a very, very conservative portfolio. So we want to make sure that the portfolio that they end up with is one that's appropriate to their risk tolerance. How about
1: portfolios that are loaded up with proprietary investments? And we sh- I guess we should explain what that is. That's
6: invented by right. a company, right? Yeah, we see that a lot. So let's say you're working with XYZ Advisory Company, and then in your portfolio, you've got uh, 15 different funds by XYZ Company. So these are funds that were put together by that company, and generally, the person who's the advisor, in this case, is gets a higher commission for selling their own product. Now, it may be a great product, but when we see that there's you know 15 in the same fund family, Generally, it looks suspicious because when you put together a portfolio, it's kind of like putting together the Pro Bowl team. As much as we'd like to have all the Packers be on the Pro Bowl team, we have a quarterback there. And then they got a linebacker from another team. And then they've got the, the defensive back from another. That's how your portfolio should probably look. You know, There's one fund that's good at that small caps, one that's good at international. If we see it's all with one fund family, it looks a little bit
1: fishy. These are the kinds of things you see with the uh, Annex Wealth Management free portfolio analysis. So... And this is where a wealth manager then begins to work with somebody.
6: Correct. They take this data that the financial planning team puts together and they lay out the, the pluses and the minuses. Like say, hey, here, this fund is excellent. We really like it. This one has really high fees. I think we could probably replace it. This one's a dog. We got to get rid of it. And then we make suggestions based on how we would do it.
1: So this is more than that free window estimate where somebody won't leave the kitchen until the contract is signed. We don't operate like
6: that. Correct. Sometimes they look fantastic. We can say, you know what? You're doing a really good job. So your team... The financial planning team, really busy.
1: People are taking us up on this offer, but you have room for more? Oh, definitely. We always have room for more. We're happy to take a look at these and help people reach their goals. Head to AnnexWealth.com, click that Get Started button, and then you'll get that free portfolio analysis. That is a discussion about what's on the other side of that, the deliverables, as they say. Randy Winkler, CFP and Manager Financial Planning at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here, Danny. There you go. One of our teammates, it's Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management, the website, AnnexWealth.com. Don't settle for
0: less. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ.
1: Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management, WTMJ, Saturday, March 30th. It's Team Tech Trust, website, AnnexWealth.com. I'm Danny Clayton, Mark Oswald here, and Derek Felsky, and Dave Spano. Yes, you know... You you got a certain look on your face.
2: Well, I have a look on my face because I read in the paper this week that the lottery ticket was bought in New Berlin. Mark Oswald lives in New Berlin, so I was most certain that I was going to have a Dear John letter on my on my chair when I got back that said he's won the lottery and go you know what. But that's that's not what happened.
1: Did I not text you? I he, texted he did. you I said congratulations,
4: I'll miss you. Well this <laughs> is this is my logic of course. I said to Danny, I said now I have to move because there's no way two people from New Berlin would ever win the lottery. <laughs> right. <so>. Exactly
2: right. <laughs> so so, all right, so now now somebody won this ticket, right? So now they're they're they have to understand what's going to happen. Obviously the first thing they have to do is secure the ticket, right?
1: Well for yeah for seven hundred and sixty eight point four million dollars the lump sum if they take it is four hundred and seventy seven million dollars but you're right put it someplace safe
2: right and then after you secure the take take a deep breath because there is a lot that's going to happen there's obviously it's a change of life and we've had clients who have won lotteries and that absolutely changes their life but i think the first thing you want to do
4: is protect your privacy and then go find some professionals well for sure i mean protecting your privacy is going to be hard in the state of wisconsin because we're not an anonymous state So we are one of the states where you have to name the winner. Now, I I happen to know where this little grocery store is, where this thing was purchased. I was not in it. My wife goes there all the time. She does not buy lottery tickets. But the fact is, is it's on I-43. So you don't know that this winner is from Wisconsin, per se. I mean, it could be somebody who was traveling in from Rockford. It could be somebody who was going back to St. Louis, whatever it might be. But it'll be really interesting to see what the story is once it comes out.
2: Well, it was interesting that everyone showed up for work, so there's probably (laughs) nobody here. But, you know, when you put together a team, it is it's not just an investment advisor because you have all this money. It's everything else that goes with well, it and legal advice and tax advice.
4: For sure. And, and whoever won this, the lucky winner, you're going to get all kinds of different opinions. You're going to get hundreds of different people who are wanting to help you be investment advisors, attorneys, accountants, whatever it might be. One of the things, and we're not advocating for this, of course, but one of the things that our clients enjoy is the fact that all of those things are on one team in one place. So when you are getting advice, it's coordinated advice. It's an opportunity to talk with a seasoned tax person and talk with a seasoned estate planning attorney and think about all of the financial planning and investment management that goes into this. This is a huge of money, and to think about what you could do with that, the good you could do in the world with that kind of money, but you also want to make sure that it's safe, it's protected, and that you have some insurance on the fact that it's going to be there for the rest of your life. I think like 90% of the people, they take the lump sum. So
1: say if it comes in at 477, after taxes, what is that, like the 300 million, something like that? <laughs> a I mean, lot. Come on, That's a lot. lot. Right. right? But you're going to be bombarded with people. You've got six
2: months, right, Mark? Isn't it, 180 isn't, days. 180 yeah. days. Okay. So, but you better line up a team. No, no question. And, and the team has is, is got to be someone or a number of people that do this. And when we talk about team here at Annex Wealth Management, I have yet in all my years, Stanley, found somebody who can do all of these things, that has a CFA who's a money manager, a CPA who's a tax advisor an estate planning lawyer, a team of, of certified financial planners and wealth managers. Mark, you joked that, you know, we're not advocating for it, but maybe we are, you know, because this is the type of institution that has this team put together. I don't know what other advice you'd have besides that.
4: Well, you know, the other thing about that is, you know, somebody's out there has got $300 million, but for somebody else who's got three hundred or 400000 or $800,000, that's a lot of money, too. And for people who are planning on retiring in the couple of years, I mean, the benefits of somebody who is ultra-wealthy isn't lost on people that are in the mass affluent, the people who have $250,000 to a $1 million. You get the same benefits because you worked hard for that money. It's worthy of a serious conversation. If you want a team of people that can help you with your wealth, then you, you want to contact a fiduciary who is in the wealth management business. So, Dave, go through the checklist again of things that people should be doing right now. If you won that lottery or if you're thinking about moving your wealth to... A firm like Annex Wealth Management. Take us through the steps one more time. What does a lottery winner do today?
2: Well, the first thing is. <laughs> is, is be quiet, right? Yeah, right. Is, is, is don't don't run out and, and start talking about it. But secure the ticket. Make sure that you uh, that you keep your privacy, and then begin to assemble a team. Because as Mark alluded to, there's going to a lot of things are going to change in your life, and we've saw people uh, not be able to handle the money, frankly, because it's an emotional aspect as well. So put your team together and and find someone who is an investment advisor, a tax planner, an estate planner, a financial planner, and put these things together because. There's going to be a lot of demands for that money as well.
4: There is one more step there. When you're securing that ticket, make sure you sign the back of the ticket. That's how you know that someone can't steal it on you and convert it to their own use.
1: Could you imagine that? All right, Mark Oswald, uh, uh, Derek Felsky, and uh, Dave Svano, thank you very much. That is Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management. Uh, For today, Saturday, March 30th, we sure appreciate you listening. If you want to get a hold of us, it's as easy as AnnexWealth.com. Just click that Get Started button.
0: Advice and opinions expressed during Money Talk are or solely that of the hosts or guests of Annex Wealth Management and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.